0: From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins.
1: Welcome. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you making Washington Watch part of your day. Well, coming up on this Thursday edition, strong words from my friend Mark Green, chairman of the Homeland Security Committee to Democrat committee members who boycotted a meeting yesterday near the U.S.-Mexico border. Well, they
2: said coming here was just a political stunt. You tell me. Taking a hearing to the point of the crisis for a first-hand view, are boycotting a hearing because you know we're going to shine a light on the truth. Which of those is a political stunt?
1: Well, we're going to talk about it. And the House Oversight and Accountability Committee has uncovered a $3 million payment from people closely aligned with the Chinese Communist Party to a shell corporation controlled by the Biden family. They started wiring money to Biden family members, plural. And there were three different Biden family members that received a
2: cut from that $3 million, including a new Biden family member that's never before
1: been included in any of these investigations. What could the payments be for? Could this be a clue as to why the Biden administration is reluctant to get tough with China? We'll talk with a member of the Oversight and Accountability Committee, Arizona Congressman Andy Biggs, in just a moment. Texas state officials made good on threats to take over the Houston Independent School District due to chaotic board meetings which violated state law and seven years of chronically poor academic performance. Of course, not everyone was happy about giving students better options.
3: As far as I'm concerned, this is a hostile takeover. It was done to Houston families, not with them.
1: That was Jackie Anderson, president of the Houston Federation of Teachers. Well, we're going to take a look at the situation a little later here on Washington Watch. As we've been discussing here on Washington Watch, multiple states are advancing bills protecting children from the physical, spiritual, and emotional mutilating agenda of transgender activism. The spotlight is shifting now to Missouri, where a bill by state Senator Mike Moon that would protect children is being blocked in the state Senate. A rally is being held at the Missouri State Capitol on Monday, and Senator Moon is going to join us with the details. I hope, if you're listening in Missouri, that you might make your way to the Capitol on Monday. We're going to talk about it. And many of you have been asking for this, and here it is, a new book from FRC Center for Biblical Worldview, written by David Clawson, along with Denny Burke and Colin Smother, taking on the issue of gender from a biblical perspective. It's entitled Male and Female, He Created Them, a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage. David's going to join me a little bit later to tell us about the new study and how you you can get a copy of it. All that's coming up on this edition of Washington Watch. The word for today comes from Jeremiah 51, verse 47. Therefore, behold, the days are coming when I will punish the images of Babylon. Her whole land shall be put to shame, and all of her slain shall fall in the midst of her. Through the prophet Jeremiah, judgment was declared upon Babylon. Why? Well, God judges nations for their idolatry. Even the most powerful nations in all the world, like Babylon, which, by the way, represents the world system and all of its consolidated power, the one true God must take preeminence in our lives. God cannot be an addendum or an accessory. He must be central. As it was recorded in Acts 17, Paul said, in him we live, move, and have our being. You know what? We should take note of that. We live in this age of wokeness. But what our nation needs is to awaken to the reality of our idolatry. Not putting God first in our lives, individually and collectively, is dangerous. Idolatry idolatry and pride pave the path toward destruction. To find out more about our Bible reading plan, go to frc.org slash Bible. Yesterday, members of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee began reviewing the suspicious activity reports related to the shady business transactions of the Biden family and their associates. Now, This comes after months and months of stonewalling from the U.S. Treasury Department, which finally agreed on Monday to allow the committee access to these documents. So how might this play out? Joining me now to discuss this and much more is Congressman Andy Biggs, who is a member of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee, as well as the Judiciary Committee. He is also the chairman of the Judiciary Subcommittee on Crime and Federal Government Surveillance. He represents Arizona's fifth congressional district. Congressman, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Tony. Good to be with you. So the review has just begun, but what can you tell us so far?
2: Well, so far we, the only folks that really have access to it are our staffers. And uh, we think it's going to get wider, you know, so people like myself can actually sit down. But here's what we know. We know the, that we had two whistleblower um, uh, suspicious activity reports that indicated money being transferred to Biden family members. We also know coming out of what we've see, what the staff has already seen, what, what uh, Chairman Comer has already seen is that $3 million came from uh, and a Chinese co- uh, energy company that had ties with the Communist Party. $3 million transferred into a shell corporation. And in that corporation, there were disbursements to Biden family partners and Biden family members. So you had Hunter, uh, the pres- uh, who's the president's son. You had Jim, who is the president's brother. And then his daughter-in-law, who married to, uh, now deceased son, Bo, and then actually dated Hunter as well. Uh, she received funds. And then there's several other uh, Biden family members which we are trying to identify. So this thing sh- seems to be going far and wide. But the most important thing here, Tony, is this transfer of money, uh, we can't find any service or uh, or any kind of product that was transferred, any kind of consideration that was transferred for that $3 million that was transferred just a couple of months after Joe Biden uh, left uh, the Obama White House as vice president.
1: So no connection with any type of service, consulting relationship, just money coming into a shell corporation that's distributed to Biden Family Associates.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's particularly troubling because, you know, if they if they were actually doing something, providing service, you might say, well, okay, uh, iffy, uh, dangerous, but not perhaps illegal and perhaps not influence peddling but here you have uh, the 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 daughter in law, former daughter in law of the president Biden. She's receiving money, and and she's not an employee of this company even. So what would what would be her tie? Why would she be getting money?
1: Well, is there a requirement when you're doing? I mean, if you were doing consulting with a Chinese energy business, would you have to be uh, registered uh, in, in some? Yeah, way oh, absolutely. It? Yeah, Tony. I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. You would you would have to register
2: as a un, under the Foreign Agent uh, Act, and and they didn't do that, obviously. So, I mean, you've got that going on. But I think more, tr- and that's a problem. We we haven't really enforced that as much as we should until until the Democrats decided to enforce it against Republicans. Well, I know.
1: just just a second, Andy. Didn't someone go to? Uh, wasn't someone prosecuted over that related to uh, President Trump? Yeah, yeah, yes, um, and it was, uh, it was, it was, it uh, was. I knew you were going
2: to ask me the name, but, but yes, he was yes, the former was campaign now. chairman,
1: the first uh, campaign yeah, chairman Mr. for President, President uh, Trump, uh, was uh, prosecuted that's, that's for not registering as a uh, under the Foreign Agent Act. So, but right there is a violation of law. You would think that the Democrats would be jumping on board. To, yeah, yeah, they, they, they should have at least been registered. Well, I know you're facetious when you say you thought the
2: Democrats would jump on board to enforce the law because. We both know that they're not going to jump on board here, so they didn't register, and that's troubling. That should be that should be um, prosecuted for sure. But more than that, though, Tony, there doesn't seem to be. This seems to be just a straight up cash transfer, uh, and that in that gives rise to all of the suspicions of this uh, buying influence, peddling influence, uh, the, the corruption uh, of the Biden family, and that's. That's what we have to get to the bottom of. And that's why, uh, hopefully, we'll get uh, – there's more than 150 of these suspicious activity reports, uh, which which are supplied by banks when they give them to the Department of Treasury when they, they see a suspicious transfer or activity on a part of a, a cli- uh, client, customer. We need to get to the bottom of that. They've been withholding – the Department of Treasury has been withholding all these. And one other point that people should realize – The Biden administration changed the rules to prevent Congress from having ready access to uh, this uh, to these uh, uh, suspicious activity reports.
1: That's part of the problem here. Now, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Congressman Biggs, there have been a number of uh, uh, flags that have been raised through the suspicious activity with the Biden family. Much more than uh, normal normal transactions might trigger. Is that is that correct?
2: Yeah, yeah. Way to think of this is if if a if a regular person were to get or business were to get one suspicious activities report over five or ten years, that would be extraordinary. But for an individual um, and for a family like the Bidens to get more than a hundred and fifty suspicious activity reports, and that could mean everything from uh, strange wire transfers from, from, from nations like, I don't know, China, Ukraine, Russia, um, that the Bidens all received, that would actually trigger something if you, if the bank uh, who had a relationship didn't see any kind of uh, reason for for this transfer coming in. So they would report it to the Department of Treasury. And that's, that's what's raised these red flags, Tony. That's why banks, uh, financial institutions, we're sending in these SARS reports.
1: Really unusual to get so, so many. Uh, extraordinary. I, I want to get to the to the border, but I've got to ask one more question on this because someone said, "Well, this is just politics." You know, you had the the Democrats were going after President Trump over Russia, the Russia hoax, Ukraine. Now the, the Republicans are in control, and they're going after the Biden administration for connections with China. But there's there's something different here. This is not based upon some kind of political. Uh, false dossier that was put out there. He said, she said, this is actually our own government records that are indicating their suspicious activity. And you just follow the money and it raises these questions by itself.
2: You know, that's, that is exactly right. Tony. Um, It it isn't, we're not out there looking through uh, receipts of of their own credit card receipts. We're looking at, and, and this is why we've started here. We're looking at actual filings by banks who to the U.S. Department of Treasury, and and that's what we want to see. And they've hidden those and been very recalcitrant about turning those over to us. This is not a fishing expedition. This is something where we're actually looking at reports detailing suspicious activity on the part of the Biden family. So uh, it's critical that that everybody kind of understand this is not just tit for tat, uh, quid, you know, political right. kind of retaliation. This is actually looking at documentation that was filed indicating that they had committed some kind of
1: suspicious activity. And it's it's, it's on it's on government records. Uh, very quickly, uh, Congressman Biggs, were you disappointed that the Democrats did not show up to the Homeland Security hearing on the border yesterday?
2: Yeah, Tony, but not surprised they didn't show up to the one two weeks ago in, in Yuma, uh, Arizona, with the Judiciary Committee. They don't want to know what's going on. I'm disappointed that they don't want to have a, a meaningful discussion, debate, and they, and you know what they're missing out on? They, they say there's no problem on the border. Go down and listen to the farmers, ranchers, local officials, local business people, the hospital in Yuma, medical care providers, the social uh, uh, safety network and all these communities that are being overrun by this porous border that's very dangerous. Yeah. Have the sheriffs, local sheriffs talk about the crime that's, that's happened. Uh, Bringing people to talk about the fentanyl overdoses and the fentanyl that's being uh, uh, ravaged through through our communities. I'll tell you, uh, the Democrats simply don't
1: want to hear that. You're absolutely right. Uh, But they're going to hear about it on this program. Congressman Andy Biggs, always great to see you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. My pleasure, Tony. Thank you. All right, folks, stick with us. We're back with more Washington Watch. The other side of the break.
3: Learn more at FRC.org forward slash life.
0: Welcome
1: back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. Good to have you with us. Yesterday, the Texas Education Agency announced its intention to replace the superintendent and elected board members of the Houston Independent School District, with an appointed superintendent and Board of Managers in the next few months. The announcement came shortly after the Supreme Court of Texas finalized its January decision that ruled in favor of the Texas Education Agency. The agency had argued that the school district was failing to meet statewide expectations designed to ensure effective education. So what are we to make of this development? Joining me now is a member, a current member of the Houston Independent School Board, Dr. Kendall Baker. Dr. Baker, welcome to Washington Watch.
4: Thank you so much. Happy to be here.
1: So, Dr. Baker, you're retired. You retired from the pub, from public service with the city of Houston. You're a pastor in the Houston area. You were elected, as I understand, to the school board about a year and a half ago. Are you surprised by the state's actions?
4: Absolutely not. I knew all about it prior to my election in uh, 2019. In fact, it was part of my campaign. Uh, promises that I would rid the school of the corruption. The lady I beat was part of a special accreditation investigation who was investigated for having an illegal quorum, which consists of, uh, of more than, you know, of the balance of board members. If you, We have nine in this case. If you take five board members and have a meeting of any kind, even if it's a grocery store, you have to inform the public. So she tried to undermine the system, and have an illegal board meeting at a restaurant because they, were ha- they had some infighting and they wanted a Hispanic uh, superintendent instead of the black lady that was there. And so that was part of multiple uh, violations of the law. And also a part of that was a c- consecutive years of unacceptable academic performance by Wheatley High School. And then third and finally, Uh, The main reason is because we've had a sitting state conservator for two years or more, and that in itself gives the state of Texas the right to take over. So I wasn't surprised. I knew all about it.
1: So, Dr. Baker, let me very—do you support the state stepping in and taking the actions that they have?
4: Most definitely, because if you look at Psalms chapter eight, verse two, the Bible says, "Out of the mouth of babes, you know, when the babes cry out." And we have 190,000 students. Before COVID, we had 200,000. We're the uh, seventh largest school district in the nation out of 14,000 school districts. And we are the largest in Texas. And so their babies are crying out because of poor education, because of poor reading, because of poor math. And they were focusing on transgender, you know, how to do this, how to make your body parts. They were reading nasty books in schools I mean, language that was violent in our days and children are exposed. I have a seven-year-old and there's no way in hell I will have her exposed to that. And as a pastor, no, I am happy because as a sitting trustee, one of nine, everyone has a character. We have three of them that represent residue from the old, three of us that are new, and three that are in the middle. Now, there are nine of us, but there are only one one am I picking in and
1: out. Yeah, I can hear Go you. On. Just keep keep going. I'm I'm very interested in what you have to say.
4: Only one real Republican conservative in my opinion. And that is me, Dr. But we're gonna we're Thank gonna, you gonna we're gonna
1: hold up just a second. We, we wanna reconnect with you uh so that we make sure I don't want to miss anything you have to say. So just just stick with me folks. We're gonna reconnect with uh Dr. Baker. Um, who is a, a, a current member of the Houston Independent School District? And of course, as I mentioned yesterday, the state stepped in, it's taken control. This is uh, I, um, it, it's pretty much unprecedented. Now, I, I do recall it happened uh, many years ago in my home state of Louisiana, when Governor Bobby Jindal was there after Katrina. There was a lot of corruption in the school there, and the state state stepped in. But this is this is quite significant. Uh, and, and I want to talk with Dr. Baker. Let me know as soon as we get him back on. Uh, we want to talk with him about how this is being played out in the media. The media is suggesting that, um, that. All right. All right. We have Dr. Baker back. Uh, Dr. Baker, I, I don't want to miss a word you have to say. I, I want to go to an article that was out today from the Associated Press. And, and I'm just going to read from it. And I want you to comment on this. The takeover is the latest example of Republican and predominantly white state officials pushing to take control of actions in heavily minority and Democratic-led cities. So is this about race and politics, or is it about children and education?
4: It's about children and education. And uh, Houston, the city of Houston, I've been here all my life, 57 years Predominantly Democrat. And so the Democratic leaders have a, they take joy in causing unnecessary riots and unnecessary uh, protests and so forth and so on to get their name out there, you know, to, to hang on to whatever power they have. It is absolutely not about race. I am African American. I know what it's about. It is about 30 years of corruption at the Houston Independent School District at every level. You had prior board members who were mostly African-American and Hispanic that instead of being professional on the board, allowing the superintendent to do his job, because we only have one employee, namely, it's the superintendent, they were fussing with each other. They got caught using profanity on national television. Again, I mentioned the illegal quorum recently one was also indicted by the fbi the prior board member for taking a bribe she signed up a contractor that she knew and voted on the contractor and the coo of HISD, who were in cahoots with her both received money from that contractor and made the hisd employees do the work so that is still developing we have 30 years of corruption and as i said yesterday mike murat and the texas asian education agency i view them as the extermination team the lights came on the roaches got caught playing around and so the takeover is like an extermination where they come in anywhere from two to six months clean the house and or six years clean the house and hand it back over to whoever was still elected at that
1: time uh, dr. Baker we're out of time but I, I'm going to want to follow up with you because I want to know more about this as it unfolds because I think we've got a lot of we've got a lot of listeners in Houston uh, in the Texas area and I want to make sure they know exactly what is going on because the legacy media is not going to give them the whole story but I want to talk to somebody who's right there in the ring like yourself and I have campaign debt
4: out of this world and I am surrounded by demons.
1: Gotta leave it there, we will follow up. Dr. Baker, good to be with you. All right folks, stick around. More coming on the other side of the break.
3: Are you a university student? Do you know a university student? Specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 12- to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey.
5: so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com.
1: This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us. Be sure and check out the website, TonyPerkins.com. Lots of resources there for you. All right, listen up, all of you in Missouri. All right, I know there are a lot of you, so listen up. On Monday, the Missouri State Senate will return from a week-long spring break and pick up where they left off. A weekend-long spring break, they're going to pick up where they left off uh, with uh, Senate Bill Forty Nine. All right, this is uh, this is a piece of legislation we've talked about a lot. Missouri Save Adolescents from Experimentation Act. It's a safe act. It's one of those that we've been uh, promoting in various states, and they're moving quite rapidly. Well, it's kind of been delayed. It hasn't been voted on yet. There's uh, Democratic opposition to it. But a group of Republicans in the Senate will try to force a final vote on the bill this next week and they're being led by the bill's sponsor state senator mike moon he joins us now to discuss the measure and how (laughs) you can help senator moon welcome to washington watch
6: thank you mr perkins i'm grateful to be on your show
1: well a lot of our regular viewers and listeners hear often about uh, safe acts because they're moving across the country many red states are passing these to protect children but just so our folks are completely familiar with this bill because they differ from state to state What does it do there in Missouri?
6: The SAFE Act, uh, Senate Bill 49 in Missouri, will prohibit the hormone therapy and also surgical therapies and procedures on minor children in the state.
1: Pretty straightforward. Um, Just protecting children. These are the ones under 18. We don't let them do a lot of other things. Get tattoos, uh, you know, buy guns and alcohol makes sense that we would uh, wait until they have matured to make these life-altering decisions. So what happened last week before you went into the, uh, the break for the spring?
6: Well, the bill had been uh, called up the week before that. Um, it was filibustered for a short time, and then uh, it was laid over on uh, the uh, informal calendar. And the informal calendar will allow it to be pulled up uh, at any point, and it really doesn't have to be brought up again but we have the assurance that it will be brought up again on Monday the 20th when we return from spring break. And um, we hope that uh, the Republican leadership will allow the the, uh, Democrats to actually um, see if if they want to take the floor and keep it uh, to to show their resolve. Uh, We have yet to force their hand and I think it's high time that we do that. So we're hopeful that the bill will be perfected on Monday uh, or the following day and then be third read that same week and send it over to the House for them to take it up and pass it out and send it to the governor.
1: So, Cinder Moon, you're preparing for this. You've put out a call for people to come to the state capitol there in Missouri on Monday, Monday morning, yeah. a, a prayer gathering. Um, tell us about that.
6: Yeah, at 1130 a.m. on Monday the 20th, we'll have prayer in the uh, first floor rotunda. And uh, folks across the state are welcome to join in. And then at 2 o'clock, we'll have Alley and Filibuster Watch. This will be a time where uh, those who join us can um, uh, actually talk to their senators and uh, get them to pledge their support. And then uh, we need to, to put pressure on the leadership, too, to allow the Democrats to filibuster until they wear themselves out or until we can get this bill to a vote.
1: Give us the makeup of the Senate there in terms of the breakdown party-wise and the ideological breakdown of the Senate.
6: We have 34 senators in Missouri, uh, 24 are Republicans. And uh, for this bill particularly, uh, I have gotten pledges of support from all of them. So there's no reason we can't bring the bill to a vote. It's just that now we just need to have the resolve of the leadership to allow it to play itself out. And there is an option that um, many don't really care for. It's called the previous question. We call it PQ for short. And what that would do, if it's um, um, uh, promoted and passed, it would stop all debate. The filibuster would be stopped and the bill would come to a vote. If we get the bill to a vote, I'm confident that we'll have 24 votes in support.
1: What would then be the next step for this bill?
6: Then it would be third red we're in the perfection phase now uh, that's a, um, a common name that uh, we can amend the bill if needed and then the next step would be third read, which could happen the next day and then from there it would be sent to the house they would start the process all over again and um, hopefully they would pass it out without changes and then it would be sent to the governor
1: what what do the prospects look like in the house
6: very good uh, we enough support, I believe, to send a bill such as the one we are uh, deliberating in uh, the Senate. And I believe it could be passed without changes. And even if it has changed slightly, it could go to conference committee with a, um, a contingent from both the House and the Senate. Uh, we could pass it out from there, and then it would go into to the governor for his signature at that time.
1: All right. All right, Senator Moon, so I got this clear. Monday morning, 1130, a prayer gathering at the uh, state capitol. Uh, there yes. in Missouri, followed by a rally at
6: 2 p.m. You've got it correct. That's right.
1: All right. Well, we're going to encourage all our listeners that can make their way to the state capitol there in Missouri to to join you on Monday. Thank you for joining us today and thank you for your leadership in protecting children.
6: You're welcome, Tony.
1: All right. Senator Moon from Missouri. All right, folks, you can make plans. You've got plenty of time now to plan for next Monday to show up at the state capitol there in missouri to pray man what a great opportunity to pray we ought to be gathering in state capitals all across this nation praying for a lot of things but we need to be praying for our children that they're not the target of this hideous agenda seeking to mutilate them spiritually physically and emotionally right coming up next We're going to be joined by Dr. David Clawson. He's going to be talking about a new publication that you've been asking for. He's going to have the details here next. Don't go away. War Washington Watch, straight ahead.
5: What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood.
3: Visit FRC.org slash internships to apply.
1: Welcome to Washington Watch. Good to have you with us on this uh, Thursday. The website, TonyPerkins.com. All right, uh, registration, big day today. Registration is now open for... The Pray Vote Stand Summit, which is going to be taking place here in Washington, D.C., September the 15th through the 17th. All right. Back in Washington, D.C., you know, after uh, COVID and all the uh, overreaching policies of the D.C. government drove the Pray Vote Stand Summit out. Well, we're back and you can be back and join us for the largest gathering of SAGE cons, September the 15th through the 17th. You say, well, what's a SAGE con? All right, that means you must be new to the program. SageCon, spiritually active, governance-engaged, conservative. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you a SageCon? And and there's a quick way to find out. If you text the word SageCon, that's S-A-G-E-C-O-N, S-A-G-E-C-O-N, SageCon, to 67742, 67742, the word SageCon, you'll get a very short... Uh, survey now it's a it's a questionnaire i think it's like 10 questions you'll get a link you take it and uh in a very short turnaround you'll get the results to determine whether or not you're a SageCon. okay so text the word SageCon to six seven seven four two and while you're at it go to tonyperkins.com follow the links over and go ahead and register for this year's pray vote stand summit believe and engage. It's going to be a great gathering. First time we've been able to gather in D.C. for a few years. So that's coming up September the 15th through the 17th. And one of the things we're going to be talking about is biblical worldview. With all of these issues that are directly attacking biblical truth, how do we as Christians in this age, in this age of such hostility, how do we live out our faith faithfully to God, but also in such a way that it impacts the lives of others. Well, we ha- I'm excited to tell you about a new resource. And this is a product of our Center for Biblical Worldview, which we've had, um, I don't know, maybe a year and a half, two years. But we've, been, we've got a lot of stuff in the works. And this is one of the first uh, in-depth study guides. It's, a, it's, a, it's basically a, a course. A small group can take it. A Sunday school class can use it. Pastors can use it. Parents can use it. And it's entitled Male and Female, He Created Them. It's a study on identity, sexuality, and marriage. And uh, leading the effort on this is our own David Clawson, who is the director of the Center for Biblical Worldview here at FRC. David, welcome back to the program.
0: Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be with you, Tony.
1: And uh, before the break, I introduce you as uh, Dr. David Clawson, and I'm just, I have confidence that your dissertation is going to go well, and that title will soon uh, be following your name. So I just wanted to uh, let folks know that uh, David's studying hard. In the meantime, he's working hard here at the Family Research Council. So Tell us about this new resource. I'm excited about it. I think it's what people have been. A- I know it's what people have been asking me about. How do we deal with these issues of gender? So tell us all about it.
0: Yeah. Well, Tony, listeners of Washington Watch understand that these issues related to gender and sexuality and marriage—they're all over the place. We, we can't avoid them. Uh, just in the last couple of weeks, we have, you know, the, the Church of England saying that they'll uh, affirm same-sex Ceremonies, even though they won't change the definition of marriage. Uh, you have Arkansas uh, commi- the, in the House, a committee uh, talking about protecting folks from being forced to use preferred pronouns. You have the United Methodist Church uh, that is currently in a schism over issues related to homosexuality and same sex marriage. So, really, wherever you look, Tony, whether it's the culture, whether it's society and politics, public policy, and increasingly in the church. Uh, These issues uh, and the, the way the Bible addresses them, these are part of our daily conversation. And if we're not talking about them in the church and in our home... Uh, Our children and the next generation, they're going to still hear about them, but they're going to be discipled and catechized by other folks uh, that don't share a biblical worldview. And so that's why my co-authors, Denny Burke, Cullen Smothers, and I, we wrote this book, Male and Female, He Created Them. And like you said in your intro, Tony, uh, it is designed as a study. You you can use it as an individual, but it has accompanying videos featuring folks like Al Mohler and Rosaria Butterfield and Heath Lambert. Um, It has questions, it has uh, interactive uh, features. Uh, You can read uh, the the book and there's questions and then there's answers for uh, any leader that might be facilitating the conversation. So really the heart behind this resource is just to help Christians and Christian leaders think faithfully. Uh, What does the Bible say about all of these contested moral issues? I think that's extremely important.
1: This is not about our opinion. It's not about, you know, this is an opinionated uh, commentary on the issue. It is, it is the research of what the Bible has to say so that people can have the confidence to, to what you made reference to earlier, to engage in these conversations, to talk about these issues, not go silent because, number one, we don't want people to attack us for our quote-unquote opinions. This is not about us. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 19, have you not read from the beginning that he created the male and female? That's not my opinion. That's what Jesus himself said. And so we have to, I believe, have the confidence to stand on biblical truth and engage in these conversations and bring people to the truth, which
0: is the source of freedom you're absolutely right tony and i think increasingly and i think most listeners of washington watch know this you know these these issues the lgbt issues the moral revolution as i like to call it you know we know that it's happening out there in society we know it's happening out there in the broader culture but increasingly these questions are being asked in our churches just the other day tony i was on the phone with a a youth pastor he's been in his church for many years and he said the number one issue that he's dealing with in his youth group with middle and high school age students, is gender confusion issues related to gender identity and sexual orientation? How do you think about this? And you know, Tony, you and I have talked about this uh, on a lot of different issues. But God's Word has clear answers on these questions. And as the percentage of those who have a biblical worldview declines, as Christianity loses its influence in this country, that the Bible's teaching on these issues is just—it's—it's it's not getting into the churches. It's not filtering down to the next generation. And so again, that's what this book does. Like you said, it's not just my opinion or Colin or Denny, my co-author's opinions. We actually start in week one in uh, Matthew 19. Uh, we try to root everything that we're talking about in God's Word. Because at the end of the day, uh, 2 Timothy 316 says all scripture is breathed out by God. And it's the Word of God that convicts. It's the Word of God that rebukes and teaches. It's the Word of God that equips us for all righteousness. And we can't run from these issues. We, we can't pretend that they're not happening. We can't be an ostrich that puts our head in the sand. These issues are being talked about, and we need to talk about them according to God's word, because uh, the Bible speaks about these issues, and that's the purpose of this study, uh, Tony, just to help Christians think faithfully about every single issue.
1: Uh, based upon the emails I get, the uh, Facebook posts when I uh, discuss these issues on my morning devotional, I know that there are there are parents and grandparents. Uh, and, And there's even pastors I know that are saying, hey, how can I get a copy of this? Because this is a question probably more than any other that I've gotten in the last year and a half as this transgender craze has swept the nation. So how can people get a copy of this tremendous
0: resource? Yeah, so we FRC launched the website. It's hecreatedthem.org. You can go to hecreatedthem.org, and there's links on there to where you can buy the book. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Christian Book. It's really wherever books are sold. Uh, Tony, you can also watch the videos. I mentioned that there's accompanying videos. Those are actually on the site, so maybe someone's hearing our conversation right now and doesn't want to commit to the, the buy the book yet, but you know wants to maybe learn more about it. You can actually go see the videos that are on there that they're meant to accompany the study, but that'll give you just a taste of what this resource would look like if you used it in your small group, your discipleship group, your Sunday school class. Uh, so we're just encouraging uh, really anybody, uh, whether you're a pastor, a Christian layperson, a Christian parent, go to HeCreatedThem.org. And get a copy and, and use this with your family. Use this with your small group. Use this with your children. David, let's talk a little bit about the the spiritual nature of this. You know, this is
1: we're, we're you know we're a public policy organization, but we're a public policy organization that is seeking to advance the kingdom of God by championing faith, family, and freedom. We see that this is not just a political issue. It's being wrestled with in the political arena, but at its heart, it's spiritual. Talk about yes. this because parents need to, number one, know, first off, that this is a spiritual issue. In fact, those that, there might be someone listening to this program right now that's wrestling with gender dysphoria. And, 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 and we need to be able to speak to the fact that God was not confused when he made individuals. Now, the environment in which we live can lead to confusion, but that's where we've got to get anchored back to the truth and allow that truth to lead us out of this deception. Speak to that.
0: Tony, I think what you just said is so critical. This is, first and foremost, a spiritual battle. And I think people on both sides of the debate actually understand that. Uh, Just earlier this week, uh, President Joe Biden uh, was talking about these issues that we're talking about right now. And he was actually asked about uh, state legislatures that are trying to put in place protections for minor children against, you know, Uh, irreversible surgeries and cross-sex hormones and puberty blockers and it was interesting what the president said he said that those efforts are quote almost sinful Now, of course, almost sinful is not a category that the Bible represents, and he's completely wrong on the theology there, but it's interesting. It seems like almost people, even on the other side of the debate, know that there's a spiritual dynamic. So even in the language, the moral and theological language they use, Uh, but Tony, I think the verse that you just kind of referenced, Ephesians 4, 15, we need to speak the truth in love. And I think that's the spirit, which my co-authors and I tried to address these issues, because these aren't just, you know, truth issues, propositional truth that we're talking about. Uh, These are real people uh, grappling with things like gender dysphoria or intersex conditions. And these are things that weigh on people. They're they're weighty issues. And I just want to say, you know, uh, Christ in his word deals with this. He says in Matthew, come to me, all you who are who are, are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. And Jesus holds out the promise of rest, uh, but we can't sever that rest and that love from truth. And so I think, again, that's the spirit behind which uh, this book was written, uh, is that we need to address it in truth and love. But like you said, Tony, the heart of this is a spiritual battle. And just, I would say, Christian, take heart. Uh, God's word is, uh, is speaks to these issues clearly and directly, and we can find answers in the pages of holy scripture.
1: Yeah, several things you brought up there that I, I want to unpack in a few minutes we have left. But how the those that are pushing this agenda often use spiritual terms. Yes. That's why it's so important that we actually know what the word of God says. We don't have uh, you know spiritually sounding words which you know are deceptive and leading people to think somehow this is good. We need to see what the Word of God actually says itself, and that that's why studies like this that, you know, will lead people back to the source of the truth, and that is the Word of God. But but I want to address something else you brought up there that I think is very important, because by having this conversation, we're called homophobes, or we're, 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 we're hateful toward those who are in the transgender lifestyle, and, and nothing could be further from the truth, You know, we love people, uh, all people, we're commanded to do that as followers of Christ, and we love them enough to, to speak the truth and be rejected for speaking that truth. But I think, David, what's happened, and I talk about this often, is how we've conflated the term affirmation and love. We cannot affirm every choice, but we do and should love every person our churches need to be open to these individuals everybody regardless of i mean the church is a place that sinners can go and find wholeness and and and, and freedom and, and so we're, we we want to have these conversations but that having that conversation and expressing that love can never be seen as uh, or 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 never be misled into affirming lifestyles that are destructive and dangerous. And I even think some pastors have gone down that path because they don't want to be seen as as hateful. Uh, And so they're just affirming a very destructive anti-biblical lifestyle.
0: Well, I think you're absolutely right, Tony. I think that's where it's so important to come in with God's Word. And we need to say uh, for everyone to hear is that we as Christians believe that every single person is made in God's image, uh, that every single person has inherent value and dignity and worth. Uh, Now, Scripture is very clear about sin. We live in a post-fall world. We live in a Genesis 3 world, as I often say. And and, regard, and so all of us struggle with sin, Tony. All of us are wrestling with different things that are not aligned with Scripture. And, and for many people, that, that is in the world, world of sexual ethics. And that's where we need, as people who want to honor the Lord, we need to take all of our sin, r- regardless of what it is, under the sovereignty and lordship of Jesus Christ. And I think that needs to be the call of every Christian. Yes, we engage with love, but love has content. Uh, Love isn't just this uh, blanket affirmation for anything goes under the sun. No, love has content. Supremely, love is one of the most uh, significant attributes associated with God's own character. And we know God is holy. We know God is righteous. And we know God is just. So they need to go together. And again, I hope uh, my co-authors and I have accomplished that in providing this resource to help Christians have these conversations that are just rooted in truth and love. All right, very quickly, David, once again, where can folks get a copy? You can find a copy at hecreatedthem.org, and there's links on there that tell you about the book with endorsements, uh, videos, and you can order the book just at hecreatedthem.org. All right, David Clawson, thanks so much for joining us today. Great
1: work. I hope a lot of people pick up a copy of this, and uh, I know they will find it uh, helpful. Thank you, Tony. All right, folks, so uh, you do that or you go to tonyperkins.com. One stop shopping for everything you need. Tonyperkins.com. Also, uh, be sure and check it out. We've got coming up the Pray, Vote, Stand Summit in Washington, D.C. So that's coming up as well. All right, folks, I want to thank you for joining us. Always great to have you with us. And until next time, I want to leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul, where over in Ephesians 6, he says, When you've done everything you can do, Prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand. By all means, keep standing.
0: Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener supported.